Hey, and thanks for joining me. A couple of weeks back, I polled the engaged couples in the Unbridly Couples Facebook group, my family and friends on my personal Facebook account, vendors at the weddings I worked on, and my followers on Instagram to really get to the bottom of the wedding tax, people's experiences, and if it does exist, how I can help you avoid it. And to be frank with you, because I feel like we're starting to understand each other better every week and I can tell you what I really think, it's been fucking fascinating. I quickly discovered that it's pretty much impossible to cover every situation and eventuality with a blanket statement about wedding tax. But there are some key understandings that I was able to distill from all the opinions and info and even a university study I found, and I'm really excited to share it with you. So in this episode, you will learn what is wedding tax, some real-life examples of how it might show up in your wedding planning, the summary of the university study into consumer perceptions and pricing practices for weddings from the Louisiana State University Shreveport, super interesting by the way, and how I would go about avoiding wedding tax if I were planning my wedding. I know this is a bit of a controversial topic but I really think it needs to be discussed openly so there isn't this big murky grey area around weddings that doesn't serve you, the engaged couple, vendors or your guests. It's a long overdue real talk. Let's get into it. Unbridely is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, I did a poll in the Unbridly Couples Facebook group recently and 77%, so over three quarters of respondents believe that the wedding tax is definitely a thing and out of control. To be honest, I'm not shocked about that statistic. For engaged couples, there are so many different approaches to weddings that it is literally impossible to generalise what your experience of the wedding tax might be. But there's all these factors. Your budget will be different to the next couple. The value you place on, let's say, videography versus catering versus music will be different from the next couple. The prejudices you come into wedding planning with depends on your previous experiences, your upbringing and your culture. There are family pressures, personal insecurities, levels of entitlement, complete misinformation and urban myths circling that you're trying to navigate and truly I feel your overwhelm down to my core. On the flip side, I asked my family and friends, admittedly a lot of wedding and events professionals, their thoughts about the wedding tax. In short, it was fiery. On the vendor's side of things, there are just as many different reasons for prices to be different or not. There's the various types of suppliers. There are reasons for being in business in the first place. There's hobbyists versus part-time workers versus full-time workers. There's the different business structures that they operate within, pricing strategies, assumptions about what couples will and won't pay for, 
There are also additional risks of working in weddings, which include, but are not limited to, higher damage rates than for other events. The additional costs of creating a one-off event, and in some cases, and this is a really interesting one, just good old supply and demand factors, as in, there are some vendors, particularly service providers, that are that shit hot, sometimes who are splashed all over wedding magazines. They might be multi-award winning. They might be wildly popular. And they can book themselves out several times over in a wedding season and still not have enough availability because there's only one of them. There's only 52 Saturdays in a year. And that can also affect pricing. Because when you break it all down, with weddings distinct from any other event or social occasion, we're talking about the perfect storm. High emotional and societal stakes, as in your wedding is super important to you personally, your fiancé, and possibly your family if they're contributing and sometimes even if they're not, your reputation and social status, i.e. the pressure of perfection in a world where social media is omnipresent. It's also a one-off rite of passage event that can never be repeated again in the same way. And the products and services that you have at a wedding rarely have an equal or a way to compare them. I love how one florist describes it, and I quote, it's like comparing apples with diamonds. So let's break it all down. What is wedding tax? There are a few different schools of thought, so let me share a couple of examples. Cakes seem to be a really common one. So if you imagine a couple inquired about the cost of a wedding cake with a cake maker, they got given a price and they weren't excited by it. And then the bride-to-be's sister called the same cake maker to get a quote for exactly the same cake, but she told them it was for a 60th birthday party. And wouldn't you know it, there was a huge price difference. Another example, a bride getting married was absolutely convinced of the wedding tax. A bakery had quoted her a large amount of money for her wedding cake over the phone, so she went in the next day and asked for the same thing for a baby shower, and it was half the price. The distrust this double standard creates is real. How ripped off would you feel after getting those two quotes? Why should one be more expensive than the other when they are exactly the same product? A wedding vendor shared on Instagram their experience. I did my apprenticeship in a fine dining restaurant where we had weddings almost every weekend. We never used the word wedding tax, but you can bet your life on it, there is one. The second you hear wedding over birthday or christening as a venue, you know you're getting paid. What we're talking about is the deliberate and non-disclosed increase of prices for products and or services when the vendor knows it's for a wedding as opposed to another event or another reason. The thinking is that because the budget for a wedding is higher than for most other things, that wedding vendors feel like they can get away with charging a premium price for the exact same thing. It's deceptive, a type of emotional blackmail, if you will, and from my perspective at least, really not cool. As a business owner who wants to engender trust, create a business that lasts in the long term, and have word-of-mouth referrals from their customers or clients for the foreseeable future. 
there was a study conducted into the consumer perceptions and pricing practices for weddings from the Louisiana State University Shreveport published in 2021. They explored the actual prices charged for wedding-related items relative to identical non-wedding items. For example, on one online jewellery site, the price of a crystal necklace was recorded from the bridal link at a price of $70. The site was exited and revisited, but the bridal link was not followed. The link to necklaces was followed instead. The same necklace, identical description and identical stock number was located. The price obtained from the non-bridal link, you guessed it, it was much less. It was $41. Their findings suggested that at least some providers of wedding-related products used a significantly different pricing structure for products designated as wedding or bridal compared to non-wedding products. Now, this kind of deliberate deception to fleece couples, I can't abide by. The exact same product, with the same costs, buying expenses, shipping and returns policy, but a near 50% markup for the word bridal is bullshit. But also, I found that this kind of pricing tactic is, more often than not, concentrated to mainly online purchases or those that don't have a comparable or identical product. As in, you pay for the specificity, the custom nature, timeline, and or quality you get. Which brings me back to the other side of the Unbridly Couples poll about the wedding tax, and that was where 23% of couples answered that weddings are costly, but for good reason. Luke from Luke John Photography says, My initial instinct is to say, no, it isn't real. But in some cases, I think that it probably could be real. And if it is, I also think it's justified, unless anyone has a story where it's clear that someone has taken the piss. Full disclosure, I don't have a wedding tax. My family shoots and engagement shoots, elopements, random events, and even giant weddings all work out around the same per hour cost, with that per hour cost reducing the longer I'm booked. However, if someone did have a wedding tax, here's the reasons it could be so. Weddings normally are booked one and a half to two years in advance for some vendors, and six months would almost be considered last minute. This is way different than making a booking for next week. It requires the vendor to plan their life way in advance. The long lead time also means that a client has a lot of trust placed in them to keep that booking. From a photography perspective, it's also what's known as a no-redo event, i.e. you do a family shoot, something goes wrong, we can reshoot it. At a wedding, you ain't getting any of those specific moments back. It only happens once. You either capture it or you don't. Typically, weddings require much more organisation in the lead-up, meetings, site visits, location scouting, emails, phone calls, timeline logistics, multiple locations, etc. There's way more to it than most other events like birthdays, engagement parties or anniversaries. Chelsea of Him and Her Music says, I wouldn't say we charge a wedding tax. Our hourly rate and the rate we pay our artists is the same, regardless of the event. However, our wedding packages and individual event quotes are inclusive of the admin time involved. Typically for us, there is a lot more planning, prep and communication involved in a wedding, 
whereas a Sunday session at a pub, for example, requires almost no admin at all. We just roll in and play. Carolyn from Sweet Nothing's Flowers says, As a florist, most of the work I do just wouldn't be done for another occasion. A bridal bouquet might take an hour to put together, plus preparation, planning, and uses premium blooms in abundance. Is it wedding tax when it means that it's more expensive than a shop bouquet with a quarter of the flower value made in five minutes, or are they just completely different things? Let me share this little clip from Israel from Israel Baldago Photography. Hey, Cam, I just saw your question about the wedding tax. And um, look, 100%, it's there. I think for good reason for a lot of people. Israel here, I'm, I'm a photographer. I've been in the industry for over 10 years now, which means I either am crazy or I just love it. <laughs> Thankfully, it's the latter. Um, but I think with the wedding tax, some people may not consider that it's there for a good reason. Weddings fall outside of a normal eight-hour day for most vendors, either in the lead-up to or on the day. And they run on weekends, long weekends, public holidays, Christmas, New Year's, the days that most people generally won't work, but we do it for our couples because they want to have their wedding on those days. And we supply our own materials, equipment, uniform. We do our own training. Most of us run our own businesses and all the overheads attached to that. And we put in all the additional hours uh, in the lead up to, you know, florists, people who do hire, people who write vows, people who edit videos, edit photo, prepare food, prepare cars, whatever it is. The level of expectation is well above inverted commas, normal work that you would get from a retail shop. So 100%, the tax is there, but for good reason, because we want it to be a very special day for clients and we put in all the extra time required and we need to cover that time in order to provide for our businesses and our families and our own livelihoods. So um, amazing question. Hopefully that's helpful. Jade Films, an elopement videographer, says, I think this term stems from couples thinking we charge extra because it's a wedding but I don't think many really have much of an idea of what these wedding services will cost anyway for a non-wedding or what is actually involved as a whole. Not just the on-the-day effort, but all the lead-up, planning, admin, setup, and editing for photo and video. It's not often you would hire a private photographer or videographer for a whole day or get an abundance of flowers in your exact colour and style vision, have a private band for hours, etc. So they kind of have no experience to compare the cost to, generalising here, but most couples wouldn't. On top of that, I think there is an extremely high level of perfectionism required and expected from wedding vendors through all the different services and products. For many couples, it's the big day and it needs to be perfect. That comes with a price tag that covers the professionalism and the experience from each vendor needed to give a service that hits the high expectation many couples have. I can't speak for every type of vendor, but as a videographer, I don't charge a wedding tax and I don't know anyone who does. My price is carefully worked out considering my business expenses and hours spent working for each couple, ensuring I can make a profit to live, like every person ever, and keep my business running. A mobile bar, coffee van and beer on tap vendor says, we don't and haven't increased our prices for weddings simply because it's for a wedding. Sometimes I feel we should, though. For instance, the other day I spent two hours on the phone to a wedding customer, nutting out the details of the day. This is a common occurrence with our wedding bookings, whether over email or phone, 
This never happens with corporates. I spend a lot more time on wedding bookings. Customers that book us for weddings generally book us way in advance, and so leading up to the day they have other ideas and they want to keep adding to the original booking. This means more time and involvement with wedding bookings for us. It's a special day, and so everything has to be perfect. And of course, with social media, there's always something new that they've seen that they want to add. Still, we haven't increased our prices for our weddings. The general feeling from engaged couples from what I read on Facebook groups seems to be that a wedding tax is just an increase because there is a larger budget to play with and just because it's a wedding. But in reality, there's actually more work and more time spent behind the scenes. Kelly Evans is an acoustic singer and a guitarist that has done DJing in the past and just completed her Certificate 4 in Celebrancy. She says she loves the wedding industry and wants more couples to know that she cares, that she loves what she does, and it's not a wedding tax, in her opinion. But also, that the wedding industry is the hardest industry she's ever worked in. So what are the reasons for these different prices? Let's face facts. You've always been the planner and the organiser. And your fiancé's eyes glaze over a little when you start talking about the details of your wedding day. But you really need someone to share this all with, to bounce ideas off, and someone who's not going to ruin the surprises, but also be supportive and maybe even offer a different perspective. So when you're needing to get a second opinion about your bridesmaid, your in-laws, or your first dance song, Unbridly Couples is your safe space. Unbridly hosts a private Facebook community where modern engaged couples can share ideas, chat and solve problems and generally just get freaking excited about their wedding. We also have a curated list of experienced wedding vendor professionals in there to offer suggestions and tips, insight into how to get the most out of your big day. But with no unsolicited DMs or pushy sales tactics. It's just not what Unbridly is about. So you can search for the Unbridly Couples Group on Facebook or just click on the link in the show notes. I'll see you in there. If we go back to the cake examples that I mentioned at the start of the episode, where quotes for wedding cakes versus christening or 60th birthday cakes were wildly different for the exact same result. There are some behind-the-scenes business costs to take into account as well. If a business doesn't already have a buffer in their pricing for an event cake, for the consultations, the transport, increased expectations and tastings, they may need to add extra onto the quote to cover labour and the costs that aren't associated with a christening or a 60th birthday cake. There is also the consideration, especially in the last couple of years, about inflation of the cost of supplies. And in the example of a cake, this means the ingredients, labour, rent and transport, the ingredients are getting more expensive. And so what might be a reasonable cost for a birthday cake today may need to be increased for a wedding cake that is ordered up to 12 months in advance. And if we think back to the venue example I said of knowing they're getting paid when they're having a wedding, we can look at the increased costs in a few different ways. A wedding venue informed me 
As a venue, I have two salaried full-time staff just to handle all the tours, emails, meetings, and then the full day and night of a wedding. If we were only on emails one day a week, people would be very upset. A huge amount more work goes into organising a wedding than, say, a birthday or something. Another venue owner said, we now have four full-time coordinators plus myself to manage weddings across our venues and mobile catering wagons. The sheer volume of meetings, emails, phone calls, tours and documentation to completely plan a wedding is hard to explain. 12 plus months of communication and planning versus one to two calls and maybe a couple of emails for a birthday celebration. And on top of this, the hugely raised service, support, communication expectations, access requirements, the length of the event itself, you absolutely get what you pay for in terms of creating the most important day of your life. A video streaming professional also added, if it were a corporate client, there's a chance of getting recurring work. With a wedding, there's no, touch wood, chance of recurring work coming from it. Therefore, the lifetime value of the client is less. All that also being said, the amount of value created by the wedding vendors is exponential on a wedding day because they make everything what it is. So why shouldn't they be compensated well for adding so much value? So first of all, you want to be certain about whether what you're experiencing is wedding tax, like the jewellery in the university study that was almost twice the cost, or that weddings are an expensive business because of the quality required, demanded, expected, however you want to put it, the personalised attention to detail, customization, additional insurance costs due to the length of the event and the likelihood of damages, the additional communication, negotiation, planning and admin time, the extended length of the planning process, 12 plus months sometimes, versus maybe three or four months for a corporate event, for example. And the expertise, advice, consulting, and experience that you're getting from that vendor. So we've worked it out, guys. There's definitely a wedding tax, but also weddings just cost a lot because of the very nature of the wedding event. You don't want to incur any more expenses than you have to, though. Absolutely. An often touted piece of advice for engaged couples is just don't tell them that it's for a wedding. And there are some who believe to do so might reduce the wedding tax problem, while others say that it might void your contract with the vendor, meaning that they can effectively cancel on you with no refund. So I contacted lawyer Catherine Adams from Event Law here in Australia to get the facts. The short story is it's complicated. It depends on what is in your contract or terms and conditions about the intended use of the product or service and whether it would be fit for purpose as a wedding event as opposed to any other type of event, and how that may impact the Australian consumer law guarantees. Are you keeping up with me? As Catherine and I discussed it further, two things became exceedingly clear. Number one, everything in life gets complicated when you decide to lie. And number two, consult your lawyer for professional legal advice regarding how non-disclosure may impact your contractual obligations and your rights. There's also the other consideration. 
even if you don't breach the terms that you entered into, you'll most definitely stand to lose the trust, goodwill and enthusiasm of your wedding vendor when they find out that you lied to them. So you may avoid paying a premium for a short amount of time, but end up in a big mess or with a vendor who just doesn't want to work with you anymore. So the two different ways you can avoid the wedding tax are, number one, avoid terms like bridal and wedding when you're searching for generally products online. For example, couples can buy a bridesmaid's dress that's not called a bridesmaid's dress. Suits that aren't groomsmen suits, a hair clip that isn't called a bridal hair clip. You get where I'm going here. While many products may be intended for use on a wedding day, they don't have to be bought in wedding-specific stores, either online or in person. And the second way that you can avoid wedding tax, like we discussed with the university study where you've got the one necklace for, what was it, 70 bucks with the bridal tag and the other necklace for 41 We want the $41 one. It's going to do the same thing. So the way to avoid it, the second way to avoid the wedding tax is to call vendors out on it. If you feel like you're being duped or scammed, just ask because their attitude and their response will tell you everything you need to know and you might decide that you don't want to be doing business with them anyway. But what I believe is nine times out of 10, What feels like discrimination when it comes to price differences is actually just the hidden costs of weddings that you don't see up front. There is no doubt about it, having a wedding can be very expensive. If you're wanting to minimize your wedding costs to try to fit everything you want into the budget that you can live with, and who doesn't, then maybe I should do an episode just for that specific topic because There are several different ways you can make your dollars stretch further, such as hiring a wedding planner because they can shortcut your search, they can save you time and money, they know who the trustworthy vendors are because they're the ones who are going to do what they say they're going to do and not ghost you, and it looks good for a wedding planner to have vendors who are reliable and they also ask the right questions to make sure that the products and services you are purchasing and booking are valuable to you, not a waste of time or a waste of your money. Another way is working with your preferred vendors to stay within your budget. And this does not mean that you try to browbeat, haggle, pressure, or play off suppliers against each other. So while a photographer's price might absolutely be their price, a super flexible vendor who really wants to work with you may be able to offer you a lower price package to fit your budget by renegotiating the inclusions. Like, for example, okay, instead of a 10-hour photography package with an album and a pre-wedding or engagement shoot, they might be able to offer you a six-hour package with 40 prints, and it could cost you a lot less. You're not asking for a discount. You're reworking the package inclusions getting what you want while the vendor is still respected for their time, their talent, and their efforts too. Another way to reduce your costs is to stick with seasonal and local produce. The fewer kilometres your food and flowers in particular need to travel to get to you, the less expensive they'll be for you in the long run. 
importing rare flowers for a particular look or sourcing fresh summer fruits and vegetables in the middle of winter just adds unnecessary dollars and it doesn't help the environment either. It also really helps to consider creative, less traditional approaches and options. You can look into saving money by booking a wedding in the cooler months, between which the vendors might be willing to negotiate or adjust their rates in the off-season. Just know that some will and some won't. Some do and some don't. Or you could try booking on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You could limit the bar to just beer, wine and soft drink. There are so many different ways that you can reduce your costs while still respecting the vendors that you really love. You love their work. You love what they do and how they do it. You still get to have them on your team and you still get to keep your budget under control. If you're still thinking about, okay, what what are my values? What is really important to us? Where do we want to splash the cash and where do we want to rein it in? Go back to episode number 22 of the Unbridly Modern Wedding Planning Podcast to the one titled, These Three Important First Steps in Your Wedding Planning Change Everything, because they do, and revisit your top three, the three most important and non-negotiable values that you and your fiancé consider to be the indicators of a successful wedding, i.e. a wedding that you both love and make sure that you're sticking by what you said you would. I would love to hear your feedback, your thoughts about the wedding tax. If you've experienced it in the past, I'd love to know the details. DM me on Instagram at unbridely, or you can send a 90-second audio message via SpeakPipe. The link is in the show notes, and I'll chat to you next week. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly Podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.